Hey everybody, this is Jamie Nunley, lead pastor of Victory Fellowship Church. Thanks for listening to the VFC Sermon Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our free VFC Thomasville app, where you can access all of our messages, sermon notes, announcements, and small group lessons. This app is the easiest way to keep up with everything going on here at VFC. So please enjoy the following sermon. We hope it encourages you in your walk with Jesus and helps you to belong, believe, and become. Enjoy. Good morning. How are we doing? Good. It's good to see everybody here. Um, This is not a jacuzzi hot tub in front of me. This is our baptismal pool. I encourage you, if you can, stay a few minutes later after this service and uh, just celebrate with those who are getting baptized and going public in their faith. Uh, We'll be doing that immediately following the service. Um, We are continuing our series called Pray Like This, Lessons from the Lord's Prayer. You guys know the Lord's Prayer. We talked about this last week. We talked about the fact that it starts off with Our Father. Uh, we read it. Uh, we talked about the fact that it's a little bit different. What we typically pray is a little bit different than what's actually in Scripture. So we're going to be going through the Lord's Prayer line by line and seeing what Jesus is teaching us about prayer. Um, just in case you do not know the Lord's Prayer, uh, let's just read this together. Uh, Jesus says, pray then like this. Read with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. It's different here. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Some translations say the evil one as well. And so we're going to focus this morning on the second line. But just in review, last week we talked about the fact that at the very beginning, when Jesus said, pray like this, the very first thing he says is, our Father, our Father. This sets the tone, this is the posture with which we should approach God as a good, loving, heavenly Father, we learned that if we don't approach God like a good father, we can sometimes adopt an orphan mentality. This leads to fear. It leads to attempting to earn God's affection. It leads to silence because orphans don't always know that they'll be heard. But we don't need to act like orphans. Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. He has left his Holy Spirit here with us, and he is a good, faithful father. Amen? So, by the way, all of our sermons are available in four places. You can get the CD and the foyer. It's on your phone in our church app. It's on our web page, and it's also on Facebook. And so if you missed last Sunday, I'd love for you to listen to that message. So today, we're looking at the phrase, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name, or hallowed be thy name. And guys... This is the most Yoda-sounding phrase I've ever heard in my life. Hallowed be your name. I mean, it's like a... I mean, we're so used to it, but think about it. Hallowed be thy name, your name. Like, what is... What are we saying? Hallowed be 
your name or hallowed be thy name. Some translations, some of the newer translations, uh, the NLT says, may your name be kept holy. Another one says, help us to honor your name. Yet another says, we honor your holy name. Why is the phrasing so weird? Why is the phrasing so weird here? It's, it, I, I did a deep study this week, and I, I realized something. I saw something I, I never knew before, and it has to do with grammar. And I apologize if you're... I loved grammar, man. I could diagram a sentence. Was anyone else... Did, could you diagram? I love diagramming sentences. I'm like, I'm going to make an A for this section, because it just made sense to me. I loved it, you know. And, and so I, the different parts of speech, I need, to, I need to explain a little bit of grammar to you here real quick, okay? In the Greek, hallowed be is a verb. Now, typically, like one of the translations says, um, we honor your holy name. So hallowed is often translated holy, but holy is an adjective. Y'all know what an adjective is. It modifies a noun. It, ex- it explains a noun. So I say the dog, that's a noun. I say the ugly dog, that's an adjective. Ugly is the adjective, dog is the noun. Are you with me? Okay. Uh, and so holy name, name is the noun, holy is the adjective. The problem with that translation is that holy is an adjective, but hallowed is a verb. And we can't holy anything. I don't know how to holy something. Hey, Eric, would you holy this baptismal pool? Like, what do you, like, that's not a word for us. And so the translators struggle, and hallowed, hallowed be, actually, there's one word in hallowed be is translated from that one word in Greek. Am I, am I losing you, or are you still with me? And so hallowed is a verb, not an adjective. Hallowed is often translated holy, but holy is an adjective. So the word hallowed is used, which means to make holy. It's related to the words bless or dedicate or exalt or venerate. So in Greek, to hallow something is to acknowledge it as holy. So hallowed be thy name is not observing God's holiness, it's declaring God's holiness. See the difference? It's not just saying his name is holy. It's saying I am making sure your name is holy. Because it's a verb. It's action. It's something that you do. Something that the prayer, the person who is praying does. Is we make sure that God's name is holy. And by the way, when we declare God's holiness, we call that worship. So if we were to put this in modern day language, this is how I think we could say this. We could say, Father in heaven, I acknowledge that your name is holy, so I worship you. I acknowledge that your name is holy, so I worship you. It leads me to do something because your name is holy. So the second line, now think about this. The second line of the Lord's prayer is a pause for praise. We haven't even started asking God for anything yet. We haven't brought our petitions to him. We haven't shared our frustrations with him, although that's perfectly legal. You should do that. But we haven't gotten there yet. Instead, we've learned to approach God as a father, and now we are pausing to worship him. Today's big idea, if you just want to take away one big idea and then just 
imagine or doodle for the rest of the service. This is it. Start your prayer with worship. This is what Jesus is telling us. He says, pray this way. Start your prayer with worship. Now, when I say worship, you typically think music, and, and we often use, I mean, worship was great this morning, we used music, but worship is not just music. It's not just a genre of music. Worship is a heart posture. It's something that you are doing, you are venerating, you are honoring, you are exalting God. And, and so you can use music, or you don't, so when I say worship before you pray, when you get home and it's time to pray to the Lord, you don't need to like dust off your, uh, your old guitar or, or pull out a keyboard or, or maybe some pots and pans to bang on because you're a drummer. You don't have to do music, although you could play music, that'd be fine, but that's not what we're being asked to do. Just start your prayer off by declaring how amazing incredible and good God is. If you've ever made an appointment with me and we've been back in my office and it's time for us to pray, I usually start my prayers this way. I'll say, well, let's just pray. I'll say something like this. Lord, before we even ask you for anything, we take a moment and we honor you. We remind ourselves of your goodness We remind ourselves of your mercy. We remind ourselves of your power. This this is what Jesus is instructing us to do. He's saying, look, before you give God your laundry list, change my spouse, fix my kid, hurt my boss, whatever it is, (laughs) whatever your laundry list is, before you start that, acknowledge who he is. Worship him first. Talk about his goodness. Why would we start prayer with worship? Let me, let me share three benefits that come from starting prayer with worship. Here's the first one, is to prevent pride. To prevent pride. Now, we picked up in Matthew chapter 6 at verse 9, where Jesus says, pray like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. But the disciples asked him actually a few verses back, teach us how to pray. And Jesus shares some stuff. So we're going to actually go back a little bit in front of the Lord's Prayer and read some stuff. Because the very first thing Jesus begins to say about praying and how to pray is about how to prevent pride. Because see, worship puts the focus on someone other than ourselves, right? And don't you know, you and I are really good at thinking about ourselves. We are. We always have been. We always will be. So we have to do something to get our thoughts off of us and onto the Lord. And so we worship him. Matthew 6, 5 through 6. So this is before the Lord's prayer starts. Jesus says, when you pray... Don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that's all the reward they will get. What's he saying? He's like, look, when you pray publicly and you just knock it out of the park. Have you ever, have you ever had to pray publicly and your heart's just beating fast and there's like a bead of sweat coming down your face and you're just like, I hope I don't pray to the wrong God. Like you're just, you're so nervous, right? I've been there. 
And, and there have been times where I've been surrounded by people that I liked and I wanted to impress. And if I was being honest, I didn't pray to God, I prayed for them. This is what Jesus is talking about. He's like, look, don't be like this. They are getting their reward. They wanted to impress people, and then they did. Congratulations. But you didn't impress God. The one who you're supposed to be talking to. Let's keep going. Verse 6. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you. And pray to your father in private. Then your father, who sees everything will reward you. Now, this doesn't mean that we don't pray publicly. We actually see that all throughout Scripture. Jesus prayed publicly. His disciples prayed publicly. We're told that when two or three gather and pray together, it'll be done in his name, right? So this is not saying don't pray publicly, but this is just saying if you really want to impress God, don't impress anyone else. If you really want to make his heart happy, focus only on him. This means that we must value honesty in prayer over artistry in prayer. I've heard prayers that were fantastic prayers. Oh, Father God. And like, have you ever heard someone pray and they're preaching to you while they pray? Say, Lord, it's just like you showed me this morning during my quiet time in Ecclesiastes. It's like, who are you talking to right now? Are you praying or are you talking to me or are you letting me know that you had quiet time and you were in Ecclesiastes? You know what I mean? He's, look, he's saying, look, it's not about, it's about honesty, not about artistry. Look, if you like play, uh, praying King James prayers, oh, Father in heaven, thou art the maker of it. I mean, if you, cool. If that's who you are, then do it. If it's not who you are, stop acting. And be yourself and talk like you know him. Talk like you know him. This prevents Pride. Don't try to impress anyone. Just be yourself. And you're more likely to do that when you're in your room and the door is shut and it's just you and the Lord. Jesus in John 4, 24 is talking about God, the nature of God, how we interact with God. He says, for God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Now, that's weird. Spirit, what does that mean to worship in spirit? This is what it means. You can't shake God's hand. He's not a person. Now, when Jesus was on the earth, you could have shaken his hand. But he's in heaven now. You can't approach God on human terms. He's not like you. He's not like me. He's spirit. God is spirit. So we must worship him in spirit. So you don't walk up to him and, hey, God... You can't do that with him. He's in heaven. But what you can do is you can approach him spiritually instead of naturally. You approach him with your spiritual mind, with your spiritual heart instead of naturally. Does that make sense? So you worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, the word here in Greek for truth is not just factual truth, although it would include that, and you don't want to worship God with untruth or with lies, right? But the actual word here means authenticity, genuineness, being real, being yourself. In other words, when we worship God, when we come to God, just be yourself. You know, it's perfectly okay to have had a bad day and then to approach the Lord and say, hey, God, today kind of stunk. 
You know, that's a valid prayer. It's a great prayer. David did that a lot if you read the Psalms. About half of his Psalms are like talking about how bad the world is. It's like, geez, David. But what's he doing? He's being honest. He's, he's worshiping God in truth. Remember, God's not looking for per- perfection from you. He's looking for connection with you. Guys, we've been given access to the Father, but we can never forget that this access has been granted because of his goodness, not ours. And when we pray, when, when we pray, when we begin to pray and we pause and we worship first, it prevents pride and it, and it gives us the correct posture when it comes to approaching the Lord. Amen? Amen. Second reason we worship before we pray, we start prayer with worship, is to reinforce your relationship. To reinforce your relationship with the Lord. God is a relational God. He wants a relationship with you. Prayer should be personal, but all too often, it's just transactional. We sit down, okay, okay, Lord, I need you to fix this. I need you to fix this. I need you to do this. Oh, this would be nice too, God. How would you feel if your relationship, that's how people treated you? You've probably experienced that before. I have. Someone, you know, someone calls and they're like, so, um, Pastor Jamie, uh, so how's your family? I'm like, you don't care about my family. What do you want? <laughs> you know? You know, people, it's like small talk. Like, so um, um, they're going to ask me to do something, but before they do, they just want to, so tell me, uh, how, how's everything going? It's like, what do you want? <laughs> right? We've experienced that before. And, and I've probably done that before because I didn't want to lead with an, with an ask, but that's okay. We don't want to do that with the Lord, though. Right? We want to, we, when we sit down with our Heavenly Father, we close the door, we pray, we need to make sure it's done in relationship. Back to our passage before the Lord's Prayer, okay? Still in Matthew 6, we're leading up to pray like this. But before we get to pray like this, let's look at a few more verses, Matthew 6, 7, and 8. He says, when you pray, don't babble on and on as Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. I've been to that prayer meeting. Have you? And we do this, and I hate to make fun of this, but I'm about to. We have like these anchoring phrases like Father God or Lord God that we use. And we'll say, Father God, I pray to you, Father God. Thank you, Father God, for this day, Father God. And Father God, would you please heal, heal me, Father God, and... Like, I get it, like, say Father God, but like, could you imagine if you were talking to me, if you're like, Jamie, I'm glad you had church today, Jamie. It was a good service, Jamie. Hey, Jamie, uh, would you, I'm like, okay, cool, cool. Like, I know you're talking to me. And we use these anchoring phrases, and it's fine to use those. You'll probably continue, I will continue to say those things. You'll hear me say those things, but recognize that's not what gets God's ear listening to you. It's the relationship you have with him. He says, don't be like the Gentiles. They babble on. They think their prayers are answered merely because of repeating their words over and over again. Don't be like them. Why? Here we go. For your father knows exactly what you need before you even ask him. Now, wait a minute. 
if God already knows what I need, why is he making me ask him? Why, why is, am I having to take the time? He told me earlier, don't, don't do it. Don't try to impress people. Go off by yourself, close the door, and then pray to me in private. Why do I need to do that if he already knows what I need? Why won't he just give me what I need? And the answer is relationship. Because he doesn't want to be your genie. He wants to be your father. And so that relationship requires time. It requires intimacy. It requires being authentic. It requires approaching him spiritually, not naturally. It requires all of these things. And so he, he wants to reinforce the relationship. And when we worship God before we begin to pray, even before we begin to ask, we just say, God, you're holy. You're worthy. I exalt you. Your name is holy. You're so good. I'm so thankful for you, for what you've done. When you start off that way, you are reinforcing your relationship with him. And you're making sure that you don't turn God into a vending machine. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. This is one of Paul's instructions on prayer. To the Philippians, notice, now listen, listen for the relationship in this passage. Okay, li- listen, listen for the relationship here. He says, don't worry about anything. I memorized this, be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God. I like this version a little bit better, okay? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. That's worship, by the way. Thanking him for what he's done, it's worship. See, embedded in the prayer relationship is worship here. Thank him for all he's done. Then, that's not it. See, it's not just you talking to him. Guess what? He's going to respond because it's a relationship. Then, verse seven, you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand Surpassing knowledge is what one translation says. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Do you see the give and take? Do you see the relationship? You pray about what? About everything. Thanking him for what he's already done. Remember, begin with worship. And then he'll respond. He'll give you his peace. He'll give you his joy He'll give you, he'll speak to you. I've never heard God audibly, but I hear him in my thoughts. It's a God thought. He hijacks my thoughts. Thank goodness. <laughs> With his own. It's just like, bloop, God thought. Sounds kind of like mine, but it didn't come from me. It's a little bit different. I wouldn't have thought of that. It's God. He's talking to you. You hear God all the time. All the time. You're just not recognizing that it's him. And so, so he will speak, he will give you his peace, he will give you his joy. Notice it says, he will guard your heart, this peace will guard your heart and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Is there, any, is there a more relational term than being in Christ? I mean, our whole being, our whole, our whole purpose, it's all in him. We're literally wrapped up in him. This is what, this is what godly prayer looks like. And this is why we worship before we even ask for anything because it reinforces our relationship. Guys, your prayer will cease to be a list of requests if you'll first stop to acknowledge who you're talking to. 
pause and say, I'm about to talk to God. He knows me. He created me. He created everything. He knows what I need. He's a big deal. The fact that I can just mention his name publicly, say his name, talk about him. The fact that he doesn't strike me down when I'm talking about him on stage. I mean, wow. Mercy, love, grace. He has for us. And so if we'll remember who, we'll talk, who we're talking to, <laughs> we'll get rid of the lists. We'll get rid of the transactional prayer. And it'll be relational prayer. Amen? The third reason that we start prayer with worship is to refine your fear of the Lord. It's to refine your fear of the Lord. The clicker is being rebellious. To refine your fear of the Lord. Proverbs 1.7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. When we ask God when we pray, we ask God for something, aren't we looking for knowledge? I mean, really, that's kind of what we're, we're looking for knowledge of his will, of what he would do, of, of how he would fix something or do something. So scripture says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now, fearing God is not the same as being afraid of God. Those are two different things. We need to define this. Fearing God is good. Being afraid of God doesn't make sense. Because he's done everything necessary for you to be in relationship with him, including sacrificing his son on your behalf. So you don't need to be afraid of him, but you do need to fear him. What do I mean? In Hebrew, the word fear here is yurah. It includes the idea of wonder, amazement, mystery, astonishment, gratitude, admiration, and worship, which is what we're talking about. It's that feeling of, whoa. You ever had that before? You ever had that feeling of, whoa? Tiff and I, are, for our 15th anniversary, 10 years ago, we're going to be celebrating 25. We got plans. We like to go somewhere. We love to travel. So our 15th anniversary, we were in Hawaii. And it was the last day. And in Maui, there's this volcano called Haleakala. 10,000 feet high, and you can drive up to the top, and everyone says, you got to watch the sunset. Well, I'm not much of a sunset person. Uh, I'm sorry, sunrise opposite. You can watch the sunrise on Haleakala, the volcano. I'm not much of a sunrise. I love sunsets. I'm not much of a sunrise person. Just tell me about it. I'll believe you. Okay. <laughs> And it takes about two, two and a half hours from where we are on the island to drive all the way to the top, and the sunrise is really early that morning. So we got up at 3 a.m. It's the last morning there. We're already dealing with six-hour jet lag, right? But we're, we're going to do it. When else are we going to be here? We're going we're to experience this. And guys, we got to the top of that volcano. It was like we were on another planet. It was one of the coolest things. And we were just like, Whoa. just in that moment, just overwhelmed with the beauty of what we were beholding. That's like the fear of the Lord. It's that just, whoa, God's here. Fear of the Lord is an overwhelming sense of the glory, worth, 
and beauty of the one true God. It's when you're walking in the fear of the Lord, you're constantly looking for him. You're constantly listening for him because it's like, oh, God's around. How can I experience God in this moment? Have you ever, those of you with a dog at home, have you ever seen where your dog is just kind of laying there doing nothing? And then all of a sudden they hear something off in the distance and their ear goes, whoop. They don't move. Their body doesn't move at all. But they just go, whoop. <laughs> and then they decide not to do anything about it and the ear goes back down. <laughs> all right. This is kind of like what the fear of the Lord is, is that we're, oh, is God here? Do I hear you, Lord? Is this your instruction? Is this your presence I'm feeling? That's kind of what, it's this awe, this, uh, this awareness of the wonder, mystery, and glory of God. And, and you, you, you get to where, when you're walking in the fear of the Lord, you're just aware of his presence at all times. And wherever you go is sacred because he's there, not because the geography is sacred or someone's blessed it and said that it is. Because his presence is with you. God lives in you. You know that, right? If you're a believer. So guess where God is everywhere you go? With you. And so it's awareness that he's there. Well, think about this. How do you walk around with something important? With every step, you keep that thing in mind, right? If you're carrying something important, I, I, I do the, the, uh, the Holy Trinity of pat-downs whenever I leave. Keys, phone, wallet. I do the, 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 the three-part pat-down. Do y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about? Keys, phone, wallet. If I'm overseas, passport. I, I'm always aware of where those things are. I don't want to lose my keys. I don't want to lose my phone. don't want to lose my wallet, Okay? And so I'm always aware. If you think about it, you're always aware. Ladies, you're always aware of where your purse is, right? You're doing other things. You're talking. But you kind of know in the back of your head, my purse is over there. I left it over there. I'm doing, right? I I, I remember one time I was a best man in someone's wedding. Not a great decision because (laughs) one, one time I was one of two best men and I told the guy there's no such thing. Best denotes one. We're just better men. But that was a, that's a different conversation. I was a best man. <laughs> I was a best man. So one of, the, one of the jobs is I had to hold on to the ring. So when the pastor asked for the ring, I would, you know, take it out of my pocket. Well, that terrified me, okay? I'm not good at keeping up with stuff. And this ring was worth thousands of dollars. It wasn't in a box because I just had to hand it to the pastor. But they went ahead and gave it to me before pictures. And we're like taking all these pictures and goofing around. And, and guys, you know, like those tuxedo pockets aren't very, like they're shallow. Some of them have holes in them. So you can like pull down your shirt and stuff. And so... I was terrified I was going to lose that ring, y'all. And I, everything I did, like when I'm smiling for the camera, I'm just like checking my pocket. And then we're walking back over here, I'm checking my pocket. And whatever I do, I'm talking, I'm still going about what I'm doing, but I'm constantly aware that that thing was in my pocket. Don't lose it. It's the fear of the Lord. A constant awareness of who he is. So why wouldn't we, if we're walking in the fear of the Lord, why wouldn't we first say, God, before I ask you for anything, man, you're so good. You're so worthy. 
I, I just, I take time, I exalt you. Lord, I lift your name above every other name. Lord, your way, not my way. Lord, I honor you. That just makes sense to do that first, doesn't it? And that's what Jesus is telling us. Before you pray, turn aside, pull away, take a moment and worship him. We need to go ahead and get get good at this. We need to go ahead because we're going to be worshiping the Lord for a long time in heaven. I love this quote by A.W. Tozer. He says, I can safely say on the authority of all that's revealed in the word of God that any man or woman on this earth who is bored and turned off by worship is not ready for heaven. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Look, start practicing for heaven now. Start your prayers with worship now. Pause and praise now. Amen? Amen. Let's stand for prayer. Let's take a moment. Close your eyes. Just under your breath in your own words. Worship the Lord. Thank him for his mercy. Remember his majesty. Think about how good he is, how merciful he is, how gracious he is, how powerful he is. Guys, this is the creator of everything you're talking to. Remember who you're talking to. Because we're about to pray. But let's worship first. Come on, keep going. Think of more things to tell him. He's majestic. His love is beautiful. His faithfulness never ends. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, God. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Now, ask him this question. Father, when I pray, am I taking time to worship first? Am I pausing and praising? Am I remembering who I'm talking to? If you're like me, that answer is probably not really. (laughs) Maybe so, but you can do it more, right? So let's pray together. I want to lead you in a prayer where we invite the Holy Spirit to help us with this. So pray after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me. And thank you that your blood gives me access to the Father. Father, I worship you. I exalt you. Your name is above every other name. And so I ask you, Holy Spirit, would you remind me to worship before I pray? To pause and remember how good you are. 
I want to pray like Jesus prayed. So I want to integrate this into my prayer life. And I commit to you, with your help, I'm going to pause and pray. And I'm going to worship before I ask you for anything. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Tiff, will you close us? Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times and directions, just visit us at vfcthomasville.org.